welcome to the Hadassah Collective podcast. I'm your host, Claire Marinan. The Hadassah Collective is a unique wellness-centered community created in and inspired by India, the birthplace of holistic health disciplines. The Hadassah Collective podcast brings together a carefully curated selection of my most trusted and inspiring innovators from every area of the health and wellness space. I invite my guests to freely share their gifts, their wisdom, their journeys, and their diverse points of view, discussing a vast range of topics, including shutdown and self-isolation strategies, integrated diet and fitness, yogic science, modern mental health, and holistic lifestyle, all to inspire you with relatable tools to help you consciously customize, support, and expand your life. In this week's episode, I'm speaking with Shannon Beard, the creator and founder of the Nourish Hub Company and Nourish Hub Cacao. Today, we will be talking deeply about womb wisdom and the magic of ceremonial cacao, menstrual cycle charting, and the power of aligning your life to the energetics of your moon cycle. So we really do talk deeply about this and how we can really make small adjustments in our life to align with the cycle and flow of how we were created to be as women and really acknowledge and honor the energy of that and the the ebbs and flows of the energy throughout our cycle and how we can really sort of reattune our life to to give honor to that. So I hope you enjoy this and um, I hope you get a lot out of this episode. Hi, Shan. Welcome to the Hadassah Collective. It's fantastic to have you here. I'm so looking forward to this conversation about intuitive womb wisdom and menstrual cycle alignment and intuition and um, also the beautiful magic of cacao. Yeah, thank you for having me, Claire. Absolute honor to be here today. Wonderful. Wonderful. So let's just start. Um, if you can give our listeners just a brief overview of who you are and um, where you are from a 3D physical perspective and what you do as well. Yeah, sure. So my name is Shannon and I run a business called Nourish Pub Co. And I am based in Melbourne, Australia. This business for me really started off as purely just running women's circles and really gathering like-minded groups of people to come together on a monthly basis. And I guess it's really just evolved from there over the past about 18 months now. So now I still run women's circles, but they are more focused on ceremonial grade cacao as that is a product that I offer and that I have um, developed a very deep personal relationship with. So I sell ceremonial grade cacao and also run monthly cacao ceremonies. And I also am a menstrual cycle mentor. So focusing on menstrual cycle charting and helping people to really deeply understand the ebbs and flows that they move through. And then aside from that, I also do a few other things, very multi-passionate, run retreats and also do energy healings. Fantastic. Fantastic. And how did you get started on this path? Like maybe describe some of your early life, where you grew up, what that time in your life looked like, and were there any glimpses of this journey um, in your early life? It's a really interesting question, this one, and one I get asked all the time, and I Mm -hmm. never really know how to answer it because, yeah, I often feel like I've lived multiple lives in this one life, you know? It's just like we evolve and grow um, 
so quickly it seems sometimes and it's hard to really think back as to like a pivotal moment in time when this journey started but I guess for me growing up I always just felt like I didn't belong in a way I felt like I was kind of on the outside looking in thinking surely there has to be more to life than this Mm. you know I never resonated with um, particularly when I was in school thinking about what I wanted to do after school and I was a very high achiever I still am I'm a recovering high achiever recovering (laughs) perfectionist and yeah, a lot of my work back then was really focused on my output and my achievements. I was, you know, class captain, school captain, house captain, Mm, basketball captain, all the things. And yeah, it just, I guess I was just sitting there thinking like, there's got to be more to life than this. I could never see myself doing the same thing for the rest of my life. And I was always exploring and trying to understand the meaning of life and you know what what is my purpose what am I actually here to do and I don't know if I'll ever completely and entirely discover or understand that but yeah I guess that's where it started like I just always was very curious and open-minded from a young age and like I mentioned felt like I didn't really fit in I um always had friends but you know just felt like they were always on a bit of a surface level connection Mm. and the one moment I can really think back to is um, when I did a meditation course. I was a participant in a meditation course when I was about 17 and it was the first time I'd ever meditated or been around like-minded people. I finally felt understood and accepted and mm. that was, I guess, really my opening to this world. Yeah, um, Yeah, and from there I guess with my business I just created what I had craved at an earlier age I felt so alone and like I had no like-minded connections so I thought well why don't I just create that and I thought there's got to be other people out there like me who also um, don't feel like they belong so that's where starting the women's circles began beautiful yeah just evolved from there wow beautiful And um, I mean, I think that that's one of the key things in this age now is really like I always think about that as well in terms of the Hadassah Collective and the guests that we have on. I kind of think about to my younger self, like what did she need? Like what did she want? What did she crave? And I think that that's like a highest level of like authentic service. And um, rather than trying to create things to meet the needs of others, it's really like serving that. Um, previous version of self and I think that that brings through a lot of authenticity in our work so that's so beautiful and what are the things that you have had to overcome to to get where you are to create um, the the beautiful containers that you have Um, have you had any difficult moments dark nights of the soul that were really pivotal for you Hmm. I think for me overall like i briefly touched on in the last question Mm. I am still I guess recovering about two years later from burnout from being overworked from really being in a masculine environment and being completely out of touch with myself and my needs and my desires so I think for me I had a lot of health issues um, a couple of years ago that I'm still 
you know, I'm a lot better than what I was a couple of years ago, but still really working on it to this day. And uh, that manifested for me firstly in the form of chronic fatigue. And I still am, you know, treating my adrenals from that corporate sector, that, you know, real hustle environment that I just could not even imagine going back to now. So yeah, the chronic fatigue, the adrenal burnout, and then for me personally, with my hormones, really struggling um, with irregular cycles, PCOS, a whole bunch of things going on there that I totally believe uh, manifested from me being completely out of touch with my more feminine side and my feminine energies and just really not listening to myself I guess Mm. like tending to the needs of others and constantly giving 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 from an empty cup so I think for me that would be the main thing really learning how to embrace rest and Mm. embrace pleasure and choose to really unsubscribe from that hustle culture and Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, not attach my worth to my output or the titles that I had obtained. Yeah, absolutely. And were there any sort of specific modalities that helped you navigate and sort of decondition out of that very masculine corporate environment? Yeah, for sure. So the first modality um, that I really explored was Reiki healing. I found that that just helped me so, so much, you know, Reiki healing amongst with other forms of energy healing, you know, intertwined like esoteric acupuncture. And then from a physical point of view, I discovered traditional Chinese medicine, which still to this day is like my number one favorite, um, modality. And I actually studied it for about a year but yeah I just have so much love for traditional Chinese medicine um helped me so much with my health and also from an energetic point of view I think it's a modality that really looks at mind body and soul so that was really helpful and then I started to develop a really really intimate relationship with ceremonial grade cacao which was just profound for me and I didn't really share much of that journey for probably the first year where I was you know drinking ceremonial grade cacao on a daily basis at that point I just found it was a really sacred personal journey that I was um, diving into with this plant medicine and it really allowed me to move emotions that had been stuck for probably years and it really allowed me to get back into my heart out of my head and I just found it the most grounding form of medicine for me so yeah that alongside my uh, menstrual cycle awareness practice you know those two are something I've been really developing for years now. Mm, How interesting yeah cacao is is such an interesting thing for me because I always sort of um like I'd been to a couple of cacao ceremonies and I loved it. Like I love the vibe and, you know, it's very me. But I was kind of, I saw it as sort of this like nice thing to do or this feel good wellness practice, which I totally think is is fine as well. But when I started exploring it and I couldn't go to any of these cacao ceremonies, they weren't available to me, but I wanted it for myself. The intuition 
that opened up after this doing these personal ceremonies just with myself was just beyond it was incredible and incredibly profound the shift was amazing so then i started going okay this isn't just a like yummy hot chocolate and it feels good to hang out with like you know in a moon circle with lots of women or what have you there is actually really something to this um sacred plant medicine so i really had that profound shift as well and, yeah that's amazing and what is one of the highlights um on this journey like a particular high it doesn't actually have to be a particular highlight but just something that you sort of took a step back and said wow i can't believe that i'm here like i never thought that i'd be here and i'm really i'm really proud and it's bringing you a lot of joy is there anything that's like that that stands out yeah i was having to think about this one and again i think um there's no real pivotal points because I like to try and approach life overall as ceremony and as a celebration. Yeah. And honestly, like even to this day, I still cannot believe that I'm doing what I'm doing and mm -hmm. that I'm living the life that I'm living. And I think for me, it's more about celebrating my courage and celebrating the fact that I was brave enough to take some really big leaps and go against the grain of what other people wanted me to do I think um yeah one pivotal moment was like when I quit my last corporate job which was in Feb of 2019 so not even that long ago it feels like as I said a lifetime ago but I remember everyone saying to me, you know, you're on this amazing salary you've got the next five years laid out for you you're so young you've got so many opportunities ahead of you why would you give it all up and at mm. the end of the day it's like well because life's too short and this isn't what I want to be doing like yes it might make sense on a human level you know it's very yeah. secure very stable probably ticks all the boxes for someone else but for me in my heart I wasn't feeling fulfilled and I wasn't happy and I just felt like every single day I was going through the motions and I wasn't actually experiencing life or feeling present in every moment and for me to you know I just moved out of home as well so for me to just like put everything on the table and take a huge leap to quit my job I had nothing else lined up I had no idea what I wanted to do but I just knew I kept getting tapped on the shoulder saying if you actually want to figure out what it is you want to do like you yeah. have to make room and you have to make space and I knew that making space meant I had to leave that job. And I never say to people, you know, you have to take a huge leap of faith. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. But for me, that's what was true. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was just the bravest thing I think I've done up until this point of time. And it absolutely paid off because I look back now and just think, I can't believe I ever did that. Yeah. You know, it's just wild. Wow. Wow. And it is amazing. Like hats off to you because that is a really brave move. And how did you conquer those moments of self-doubt? Because there must have been some along the way going, I have this amazing job that a lot of people would really want that's going to set me up for my entire life, quote unquote. Um, but, you know, you must have sort of thought, am I crazy? Am I self-sabotaging? Am I doing the wrong thing? And how did you conquer those moments of self-doubt to be able to just align with what you knew was true for you? Mm. I think for me, like self-doubt is a very interesting thing because it's still something that pops up almost, you know, every single week. And if I think if it's not popping up for you 
you're probably not pushing yourself out of your comfort zone enough. And that's not mm-hmm. to say that self-doubt is a good thing because the inner critic can be, you know, a really mean part of ourselves. But I think for me, self-doubt is still something that I really, I really play with. I'm like, okay, is this fear actually like true? Or is it just because I'm stepping out of my comfort zone that I'm feeling mm-hmm. a little bit on edge and a little bit like people are going to judge me? And I think with self-doubt, one tool I really implement a lot, and it sounds so basic, but it's really helpful for me, is reflection. I am so hard on myself Mm. and often if I just sit down and I think like, what have I actually been through in the past month or the past six months and what have I created? Who have I helped? Like, who have I impacted? And for me, reflection is such a powerful tool because it really quietens that inner critic and that self-doubt and reminds me just how far I've come. Like, even sometimes I'll look back on journal entries from a year ago and I'll think, who was that person? Like, that just seems like, again, a different lifetime. And Mm. it just reminds me of how far I've come and each day I feel like I'm becoming to know myself better and on a deeper level. So for me, reflection, as I said, it seems like a really simple, basic tool. It's not like super profound, but it just works wonders for me. Okay, amazing, amazing. And let's touch on the corporate environment a little bit and let's speak to that um, that space because I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to um, because we're so conditioned in this world to to work in that way. Um, so if you can speak to that a little bit and what, what really stood out to you that was just not aligned with you um, to be able to make such a drastic shift out of that. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I just want to preface by saying I have nothing against corporate jobs yeah. or, like, nine to fives. Like, if that's what serves you, like, my partner, for example, is still, like, you know, a corporate job and he probably will be for the rest of his life, but he thrives in that environment. Yeah. He loves it. But I think the most important thing here is that he's doing something that he absolutely loves and he wakes up every day and he's really empowered and passionate about his job. So, I have absolutely nothing against that environment. It's just really checking in and seeing what's working for you. So, yeah, for me on a personal level, that environment just did not work for me. Um, Firstly, because I am super multi-passionate. If anybody knows human design, I'm a manifesting generator. Like there's absolutely no way I could even imagine working on the same thing for the rest of my life it just that's honestly my biggest fear in life like having a boring mediocre life where I'm just doing the same thing over and over so yeah a Manny Jen's like worst nightmare I was going to ask you if you were manifesting generator actually before (laughs) and a Virgo sun so like very (laughs) intense (laughs) um I didn't know that back then, but Mm. now it makes a lot of sense. You know, like now I'm actually able to look back and connect a lot of dots as to why I felt the way I did. So, yeah, I think for me, um, something I've really realized is that whilst I am super lit up by the work I do and super lit up by, yeah, like the people I help, for me, the main purpose of life is actually life itself. Yeah. Like enjoying life, creating connections creating moments with my family that like those are the things I'm going to remember at the end of my life yes I'm going to remember the impact I created but 
I wanted to spend more time in my life. And for me, the corporate environment just did not support that. I was working from 8.30 till 5.30 with, you know, an hour and 15 minutes of travel either side. So it was pretty much my whole day. I had no time when I came home. I had no time in the morning. It wasn't supporting my multi-passionate personality and it wasn't supporting my real desire to create experiences in my life. So that was the first thing. And I guess the second thing was really focused from a physical perspective on my health, like this what I'm now so passionate about with the menstrual cycle. And even if you don't have a menstrual cycle, we have the moon, which goes through a 28, 29 day cycle. And we are just so out of touch with our innate cycles that live within us, whether it's the moon or the menstrual cycle. But for me, I wasn't really having a menstrual cycle when I was working in the corporate world. And I definitely, um, you know, credit that to just, doing the same thing like day in, day out, day in, day out. And it was just, there was no rest periods, you know, it was just like hustle, 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 hustle. Um, Whereas now I really work with my ebbs and flows and I know when my energy is at its peak and when my energy is at its lowest. And I listen to that as much as possible and revolve my output levels based on that. So there are a lot of things, there are a lot of things with the corporate life that just, yeah, really did not resonate with me. And I had some amazing jobs, like at a very, very young age that I'm super grateful for. I learned some incredible things and met some great people, but just not for me. I could never yeah. imagine going back. Now. Yeah, that kind of structure just wasn't, it wasn't even good for your physical health. It was, um, it was affecting you in that way. And, you know, it's interesting because... I sort of look around me and I see with a lot of other women that I know that there is really a rise in, um, you know, these these kind of illnesses, PCOS, um, PMDD, um, endometriosis. These are such common illnesses. And I'm wondering if there is a correlation by, between us. It's opened up for women to be able to be in the workplace. And that's incredible people have fought for us to be able to have those opportunities but um are these sicknesses coming around because we are attempting to force our feminine aspects into a masculine structured um work day you know and um what would you what would you say to someone who is you know who is feeling this who is really resonating with this and is how how do they um, sort of move through this and maybe move out of it? Not necessarily leaving their job, but just being able to honor um, more their feminine cycles. Maybe if you can give us an overview of um, the different aspects of the cycle and the different energies around that, and then we can look at deconditioning that space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so firstly, um, just touching on what you said, I think absolutely it is my number one belief and like something I feel so strongly about that there is a direct correlation and a direct relationship between our menstrual cycle so like our physical health and also how we're living and showing up in the world and I think it's a component of health that is not spoken about enough we speak about you know certain foods and chemicals that can cause these imbalances in the body which Mm. is amazing and absolutely needs to be spoken about but we're not really talking about things like 
suppression of our emotions and not being in touch with our feminine side and then how that can actually manifest as disease or you know an imbalance in the body so yeah absolutely um I believe that and in terms of the menstrual cycle the way that I break it down is into four phases and to make this like super easy to understand Mm -hmm. I adopt um, a teaching that I learned from my teacher Claire Baker about the four seasons of the year so we have we start at menstruation which is approximately and when I say approximately please don't take these like days of the cycle for you know just use what resonates for you because as an example, I do not have a regular cycle. My cycle varies anywhere between 34 days to like 50 days. So Mm -hmm. these days aren't even relevant to me. So Mm -hmm. what I always say to people is like, just adapt this framework to your cycle. And the more that you use this framework, the more you'll understand which phase or which season you're in. It's really important to understand that just because you may have an irregular cycle. It doesn't mean you can't use menstrual cycle awareness. Yeah. I think even for people that really do have an irregular cycle, um, it's even more important to sort of tune into that because then you can begin to be honoring these phases and maybe even bringing back some regularity into that when you honor these spaces, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I always say with menstrual cycle awareness, for me, the greatest thing is that it can act as a tool to self-acceptance. Like mm. we're so hard on ourselves these days. And if we understand where we're at on a hormonal level and yeah, from a menstrual cycle awareness perspective, we're a lot more accepting of what we're going through in terms of like physical, emotional, spiritual emotions. Yeah. So and honoring Absolutely. that, um, I think, yeah, I think that's really beautiful. So even on those days when you're kind of, you know, beating yourself up because either you're not motivated or you're grumpy or you're angry or whatever, when you can kind of tune into that and go, hang on a second, that's actually okay for me to be that right now and feel that right now. That's a whole new level of um, self-acceptance to tune into. And I think that's beautiful. Totally. And it's a tool for validation, like not for making excuses, but for Mm -hmm. actually being like, it's okay that I feel like this because around this time of my last cycle, I was feeling very similar. So Mm -hmm. by using menstrual cycle awareness, it really enables us to identify patterns from one cycle to the next. And, you know, when we're on a certain day and we're feeling a certain way, like, why am I feeling like this? There's something wrong with me. If we've actually been um, tracking our cycle previously, we're able to really connect those dots and make patterns between one cycle to the next. So yeah, it's a really, really amazing tool for self-acceptance and validation. Mm. So, yeah, going over the menstrual cycle now, I break it down into four phases and the four seasons of the year. So I generally start at menstruation, which mm. is the bleed phase of the menstrual cycle. So day one is counted as the first day when you're full bleeding so not spotting or like a little bit of blood day one is when that full menstrual blood comes through and this phase generally lasts between days one until five sometimes you know give or take a couple of days and this phase of the cycle is similar to winter when we're thinking about the seasons of the year so if you think about winter, it's generally 
a time of hibernation. It's a time of rest. It's a time where, you know, we generally need to like eat a little bit more food and all of the flowers and the blooms have come off the trees. So that's how I'd like to imagine where possible most people are spending this um, phase of the cycle. They're spending it resting and really recuperating and building up their energy reserves. And then after that, we move to the pre-ovulation phase, which I attribute to spring. So if you think about spring in the physical sense, the flowers are starting to bloom. They're starting to come back out into the world. There's this like fresh, playful energy arising. And that can be similar to what we experience um, after the bleed. We start to maybe want to socialize a little bit more we gain a little bit more energy a little bit more confidence and again like it's really important for me to say that this is not going to be everybody's experience because everybody experiences like different um, symptoms or versions of the menstrual cycle but this is just like a general overview so that's spring and then after that we move into summer which is the ovulation phase so this is normally around mid-cycle for a regular cycle ovulation normally occurs on day 14 so um, we have the period and then two weeks later we have ovulation and summer again in a physical sense is when everything is in full bloom the flowers are in full bloom it's there's that really fun energy around everybody's like out and about and socializing and normally this is what we can feel around ovulation it's when our libido is generally highest our energy is at its peak our um, motivation to like output and create and we have a lot of energy that we can give because our reserves are at their highest point And then after ovulation, we go into the premenstrual phase. So this is similar to autumn with the four seasons of the year. And if you think about autumn, it sounds a little bit morbid, but if you think about, you know, the leaves are starting to fall off the trees and things are starting to decay or fall away or Mm -hmm. die. And that's similar to, to us. We've had this beautiful burst of energy and then we're getting ready to retreat again to hibernate to rest and this can be quite a tough time for a lot of people it can be a time where you know pms is really high but with every phase of the cycle there's menstrual joys and menstrual shadows and that's really what i like to focus on is you know well how can we actually learn to harness our powers and our joys and how can we learn to become more aware of the potential vulnerabilities and shadows that we may experience because that's where this greater awareness and self-acceptance comes in yeah interesting interesting and for someone who's just listening to this but really resonates with this and would like to start sort of stepping into this what would you suggest their first steps be yeah because it can be quite overwhelming so I Mm. think it's really important to just start slow and go from there. And the one practice I always offer to people who want to get started and want to get to know their cycle on a more deeper level is 
cycle charting or cycle journaling. So mm-hmm. when you, if you have no idea what day you're on or where you're at in your cycle, just wait until your next period, until your next bleed mm-hmm. and note that down as day one. And, you know, you can write it down in a journal, you can write it in your calendar, you can do it on an app in your phone, there's plenty of free apps, whatever works for you. And when you write the cycle day down, note down anything that you feel in that day, physical symptoms, mental, emotional, spiritual. I normally like to focus on those planes and just do that for each day if you can. It'll take total of about one to two minutes, just literal dot points. Some days you might find you need to, you know, write more, but there's no right or wrong here. It's just knowing what day you're on and what you're feeling. And that is a really great place to start. And if you haven't had a period for a really, really long time, if you don't menstruate at all, um, or if you're pregnant, for example, you can actually follow the moons. So the moon cycles. And again, there's no right or wrong here, but when there is the next new moon, so you can just look this up on the internet, really easy to find. You can note that down as day one, because if you think about the new moon, it's when the moon is at its darkest point and we can relate that to winter or menstruation mm-hmm. for the cycle. So I think just noting down which cycle day you're on and anything that you're experiencing is a really great place to start. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. And um, how how do you work with this in terms of intuition? How do you le- recommend leaning into that? Um, because I found that that is the the gift of this actually is that it really sort of once you start honoring how you're feeling in your body and observing how am I how am I actually feeling rather than being like I should be feeling this when you're actually honoring what you are feeling um, whether it be physically emotionally spiritually connected etc I think that that just opens up this channel of intuition. And um, so how do you feel leaning into, how, what is the best practice leaning into this outside of the journaling? Yeah, for sure. Look, um, I think the journaling is really, really powerful because like you said, it connects us with our own personal experience. Mm. And I always say to people, your intuition and your experience of your cycle trumps any knowledge I will ever teach you. Like yeah. you are the you have all the wisdom inside of you. And for example, like my menstrual cycle experience is quite different to that of the general framework teaching. Like ovulation for me can be a time that's quite difficult, quite tough. And I experience quite a lot of symptoms, but then when I have like the bleed, it's like pure bliss for me. So I think just really tuning into how you feel and Uh, what your experience is is really powerful and maybe thinking about what self-care exercises you can do around different phases of the cycle so this is something I always encourage people to do rather than having like the same daily routine or the same practices that we do every single day whilst that might be beneficial for some people what if we just like sat every single day took some deep breaths and tuned into what would serve us Mm. on that very day because we're cyclic beings and you know again we're cyclic beings by having a menstrual cycle but if you don't have a menstrual cycle 
we can connect with the moon because the moon really affects you know our energy and where we're at so i think really tuning in like connecting with your intuition by asking what you need and what self-care you need on that day is really really powerful yeah that was one of the biggest things when i first discovered this a long time ago um i think i read a book called woman code and um, i can't remember the name of who wrote it but i'll put it in the show notes and she again was talking about the cycle sinking and one of the things that really stood out to me was that I used to set myself these ridiculous workout schedules and I'd be so upset with myself if I didn't stick to them because I'd stick to them for like a week and then the next week I'd kind of go off me and I, I wouldn't, I'd be tired or I wouldn't be motivated to do it. And I used to really be hard on myself. Like, why can't I be motivated? Why can't I, you know, push through? And what this made me realize was I'm not meant to have that level of energy through the entire month, every single day of the month. And so that really was a great validation tool and a great encouragement to me because I was like, just let that go. And so that really shifted things for me in terms of the kind of exercise that I do at different periods of the the month, you know, and um, and even like what I eat, you know, I'm a lot less hard on myself. Um, in that respect as well, because that is also going to go up and down as you as you venture through the cycle. So I think that that's really, really powerful. And um, so now let's just pivot into ceremonial cacao and how this came into your life and how this sort of aligns with, with this um, menstrual cycle tracking as well. Yeah, oh, such a big journey again. It feels like I can't even imagine my life without it now. But mm. as I mentioned earlier, I something I'm really, really passionate about is anytime I teach something or I offer something to the world through my business, it's really important to me that I have embodied that myself yeah. for a period of time. And I think this is really, really important for anybody who is, choosing to align with a certain, you know, teacher, healer, et cetera, or anyone who is thinking about starting a business or doing work in a certain area, think about what embodiment means to you and think about what an embodied person, like what who an embodied person is. Because for me, like ceremonial growth cacao was never something I mm. imagined to be including in my business. It was something that I started drinking myself and developed this deep, deep relationship with it. And again, it's hard to pinpoint an exact moment in time, but I just remember having it at um, an event one time and just thinking, what is this? Like, this is just amazing. And I really had an amazing experience with it in terms of deep connection to my intuition and yeah. the creativity. I just found my creativity in particular just went through the roof um, because it really brought me into my heart and got me out of my head where I used to spend a lot of time being yeah. that high achiever and, you know, recovering from that corporate environment. I was in my head a lot. So this plant medicine really allowed me to be more grounded and practice from the heart. So yeah, I had it a couple of times um, at a few events and then I started having it 
pretty much every single day, which I don't do now, but um, I would sit in meditation and have a cup of cacao and just see what flowed from there. And I just felt so much more embodied and grounded. Um, and yeah, the way it started, I was running my women's circles when I started my business. And one one day I just got a really deep intuitive call to offer it at the circle. And I made up a beautiful batch for all the people who were there and offered it to them. And I'm like, this this is amazing and I spoke to you know the history of it and acknowledging and respecting the culture and how it was different from normal cacao and it just evolved naturally people were asking where can I get it from where can I get it from and here we are yeah (laughs) yeah. amazing amazing and um yeah your nourish hub cacao is just so um powerful and so popular now it's it's incredible I'm so um happy for you in that space and um, so why don't we talk about those things, um, the history of cacao and also the difference between a ceremonial cacao, great cacao and regular cacao? Yeah, sure. So I could talk about this forever, but mm-hmm. long story short, ceremonial great cacao is very, very different to cacao powder or mm-hmm. cacao that you would buy from the health food store. Both are amazing and cacao powder absolutely has great health benefits Mm -hmm. but very very different to ceremonial grade cacao in terms of how and where it is sourced from and also the fact that from a physical perspective ceremonial grade cacao you're experiencing the entirety of cacao so it has cacao butter in it whereas Mm -hmm. with cacao powder generally the cacao butter has actually been removed and that then removes a lot of the nutritional, medicinal and energetic properties of cacao. And ceremonial grade cacao comes from a very rare strain called the Cerulio strain. And it's just really important to be discerning about where your cacao is sourced from because Mm. it is an ancient plant medicine and we have to honour those Indigenous communities and those Indigenous cultures. So I source my cacao directly from family-owned farms in Peru. So I work directly with them to make sure, you know, I'm supporting their traditional ways of being and also supporting the actual cultivation and harvesting of these rare strains Yeah, uh, because we have to protect them at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, the sourcing is really, really important. Um, and then what was your other question, how it's different from cacao powder and the sourcing? And, yeah, the sourcing and sort of the history of um, the ceremonial cacao. Yeah, so it's been used as a plant medicine for thousands of years by Mayan cultures. And, yeah, it's just really, really important to acknowledge this, to acknowledge that it's not just some raw health food, you know, that's like a trendy word. It's really been used as a sacred medicine for thousands of years. And this is why you have to be really discerning with where it's sourced from and how it's sourced and um you know a lot of people will say to me because it is a plant medicine a lot of people will say oh well am I gonna you know hallucinate or anything like that (laughs) absolutely not it's not that kind of plant medicine (laughs) but it is known as a medicine of the heart and for lots of different reasons for you know um, reasons that it's used in ceremony and that it really allows us to get back into our heart but from a more I guess like scientific physical perspective 
one of the main chemicals in um, pure ceremonial grade cacao is theobromine and it is a stimulant, but it's very, very different to caffeine that you mm-hmm. would find in coffee, let's say. So caffeine is a nervous system stimulant, which yeah. is why some people experience anxiety or they get a little bit jittery, whereas um, theobromine is actually a cardiac stimulant, so mm. related to the heart and, um, yeah, a vasodilator and really opens the heart. So, yeah, it's very, very different. Um, it hasn't undergone any processing. So, again, like I mentioned, the butter hasn't been removed and it hasn't been tempered at all. It doesn't go through any heavy machinery. It's hand ground. It's, you know, very, very potent in the way that it's made and prepared. Yeah, and honouring those um, ancient practices and continuing those ancient practices as well. Um, And I think that we always have to be really mindful of those things that it's like this this isn't ours it's not native to australia and so we need to be careful of not changing it into something that suits australians right just to use australians as a as an example (laughs) but it's really like if we're going to take these ancient practices um and actually get anything out of them to be honest then you need to be true to those original practices mm-hmm. right it's it's a there's no um need to commercialize and to you know shape them into something that suits us it's like if you want the benefits from those practices then do those practices as they were you know as they were intended totally yeah yeah totally and just be like super discerning about who you're buying from are yeah. they working directly with local farmers in Peru or Guatemala or wherever their cacao comes from, or are they sourcing from the one centralised, you know, commercial plantation? And are they partnered with a charity that they're giving back to to support those, you know, local communities or are they not? And, yeah, I think as long as we are very respectful of these practices and acknowledge that they are ancient practices, Mm. then... Yeah, And also, um, you know, our resources, energetics as well, right? And so making sure that our resource um, is going back to the land, is going back to the people of that land and um, into the right space, not, um, you know, making a big corporation bigger. It's actually going back and our energy is our energetic resources nourishing that land again um, for what we're taking from it. So, yeah, it's very interesting. And um, who have been your major influences or sources of inspiration or mentors in your life? And these can either be public figures or personal um, people in your life. Mm, Yeah, I was thinking about this one as well. It's a hard one to answer. Mm -hmm. I definitely had, I hate this thing of self-made. It just doesn't resonate with me at all. It never has. I don't think it ever will. Like, absolutely, I work very, you know, hard to, or well, I've worked very hard to get where I am on like a physical, emotional, mental, spiritual level, but mm-hmm. I definitely haven't done it alone. I've mm-hmm. had support from multiple mentors throughout my business. And yeah, like I, I don't know if I've had one source of inspiration or anyone that like I really, I guess, look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like when I was thinking about this question, my in, my intuition was really telling me to just come back to my family. Like for me, they are just yeah. my constant guiding light and 
wanting to spend more time with them and create a better life for my family and actually create a life for myself where I'm able to spend more time with them and like yeah. create precious moments because life is just so short and if there's anything that really inspires me and motivates me in my work it's them like I just you know do it all for them and to spend time with them and you know hopefully one day impact them in really profound ways so yeah it's a tricky one to answer but I would say my family is definitely like my ongoing source of inspiration yeah lovely and um, what resources would you recommend um, that you think would be useful to our listeners in the space of uh, menstrual cycle charting, womb wisdom, or even cacao as well? Are there any people, podcasts or YouTube channels or books that you think would be useful? Mm. In terms of menstrual cycle awareness, I would highly recommend Claire Baker. She is my teacher and who I've studied with for the mm-hmm. past about 12 months um she is a period coach she's also an author she has an amazing book called um 50 things you need to know about your period she is also a natural fertility teacher Mm. she's amazing i have a lot of respect for her and yeah she's definitely been you know a huge mentor for me um i also love Maisie hill who has an amazing book called period power one of my favorite books Mm -hmm. I'd say those are the two that I really, there's so many, like so many I could mention, but in terms of who I've really closely learned from, um, another one would be just thinking about Chinese medicine because of the huge impact it's had on my work and on my personal life. Lauren Curtin, who is an Australian Chinese medicine practitioner, she really focuses in the area of reproductive health she's an incredible resource and offers a lot of amazing free knowledge in terms of cacao interesting one because again i think it's really something you have to experience explore explore, experience and develop a relationship with yourself if people want to know more about like how to prepare the cacao how to create a ceremony for self more about the sourcing like I have all of this on my blog on my website but in terms of specific resources I think you know you are the the resource to knowing how you experience cacao it's a very individual experience amazing amazing and so tell us a little bit about your women's circles like what can people expect from these women's circles um how does it feel? What does it look like? And um, what are some of the practices that you do in this space? Yeah, so I try and run these. I run them um, in person, which I love, and also online to try and you know reach people who can't actually attend in person. But I try and re- revolve these around the moon cycles. So I always schedule them as close as possible to a full moon or a new moon, um, just depending on, you know, the energies of that month. And the first thing we always do is sit with cacao. So we will run through a guided meditation. I will um, get the guests to set an intention because that's something I definitely should have mentioned in regards to ceremonial grade cacao. It works very, very powerfully with an intent and Mm -hmm. like the intention can be anything from something we'd like to 
relates to something we'd like to call in to a way we would like to feel. So the first thing we always do is go within and take a few deep breaths and set an intention before we even take a sip of that ceremonial grape cacao. And yeah, then we, you know, go around a circle. I do a lot of sharing in my circles, which like often freaks people out a little bit, but by the end, everyone's super grateful that it's been that setting because I think, yeah, it's just this thing that we're conditioned to do to, we get like really scared about sharing our voice and sharing our desires and being vulnerable, but this vulnerability really creates connection. And Mm. I think often when we are empowered and enabled to, share our voice it's just amazing the power we're able to step into so I always say to people of course if you're not comfortable sharing you totally don't have to but it's something I really encourage we do a lot of connecting a lot of sharing go around the circle share our intentions and then um, after that I'll often explore just a couple of things there's no real structure it's just whatever feels I tune in before the ceremonies and just see if there's like a a prevalent theme that I think everyone could relate to Um, I normally pick up on like a collective energy or a collective theme that everyone's experiencing and we'll explore that together and then also talk about you know the current energetics that are unraveling with the moon and what zodiac it's in etc and yeah there'll just be lots of connection lots of sharing a bit of like raking sound healing at the end so yeah I love that you focus on that space of um, sharing as well, because I think it's really powerful. I think that we've been so conditioned to obsess over experts and finding the expert in specific things, whereas I think that we can learn so much from each other and just sharing our own personal stories with each other. So I think that that's so powerful and so beautiful um, to bring people together like that. So coming back to the present, what does your daily routine look like? I'm guessing it changes intuitively and as the cycle flows as well. Yeah, it does change every single day. I try and honor myself by having like daily non-negotiables, but mm-hmm. then also, um, honoring myself every day by tuning into well what actually feels good for me today rather than what do I feel like I should be doing I think there's this huge yeah. thing in society around obligation yeah I should be doing this I should be doing that and it's like okay but like what do you actually want to do because that's going to serve you best so that's a really big one for me and one that I'm always working on being a high achiever and mm. a Virgo as well we like love our structures and our discipline yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, yeah, daily non-negotiables, movement, like, and like, I love what you said about letting go of that stigma and that pressure around doing the same form of exercise yeah. every single day or every single week. Um, it's really, really important. So yeah, movement is a daily non-negotiable for me. I just find I thrive when I have that daily movement. Yeah. Um, yeah, daily walk or, you know, I love doing weights and PT. That's what, like, works really well for me. It just changes, um, you know, swimming, Pilates, yoga. Very lucky to have access to a wide range. Um, always, I always, always, always have a cooked breakfast. It, like, seems like a weird one to include, but always it's really important to me. I think um, from a health, you know, menstrual health perspective, warm cooked foods and this is, you know, also a Chinese medicine teaching. Warm cooked foods 
are really, really nourishing for the body. So for me, that's what works best. I'll always like make the time to have a warm cooked breakfast. Mm. Um, yeah. And then apart from that, it kind of just flows. I definitely used to be a lot more like disciplined and structured, but yeah, I think I've just let go of that yeah. last year or so. Yeah. I'm with you on that as well. And it's just so much freedom and it's, it's so interesting because like I'm a, Capricorn South Node and so it feels like you know I was really I used to be really really structured but it was much more in a like forced or harsh way whereas I feel like I went through a period of time where I really consciously dropped those things and now I sort of have formed very naturally the rhythms and structures that um, really work for me and that I thrive in so I think when people hear like oh I'm trying to let go of the structure I'm trying to let go of the routine they're just like oh god that just sounds so airy fairy and what <laughs> have you but what's interesting is that your your intuition and your body sort of lead you to these natural structures that are much better suited for you than the outside world has told you you should do and sometimes they align and sometimes they don't and you've got to just know when the time for each is I think that's the beauty of it yeah, totally. And I think like I still definitely have structures within my day, but yeah, um, I can't remember who I learned it from, but I just real I really resonate personally with the idea and the concept of masculine and feminine energies mm. and like the yin and the yang. And for me, I perceive the masculine as, you know, this container yeah. and you have to have that container. Otherwise it is really all over the place and airy fairy. So yeah. I create a container and then it allows my feminine energy and spirit to kind of flow within the container and what I mean by that is like I'll generally set a certain time for work you know whether it be I don't know let's just hypothetically say 10 a.m to 3 p.m so like there's my structure I know yeah. that like those are my hours but what I actually do within that time I just intuitively move with it and see what happens. Well, I like the way you detail that as you have certain non-negotiables, like, and the non-negotiable for you example is movement. I love that that's so open. So, but it's some movement you're definitely going to do every day, but what that looks like, that's where you're leaning into your intuition and letting your body tell you what it needs in that space okay. of movement and space of work and space of food. And so I think that that's, that's really um, a great takeaway. And um, apart from that, what is one practical practice or tip that you can leave with our listeners um, that they could implement today? Mm. Something I always like to say to people is just do it. Like, just don't wait because life is too short, whether it's something you've been thinking about pursuing or yeah something you've been thinking about doing I just think like life is just way too short and from a practical sense I always say to people all you need to think about is your one next step whether it's getting started with a new practice or you know starting a new business or going on a new adventure whatever it is like what is your one next step that you need to take to just get closer to that goal or to that thing that you're trying to achieve and then you can work the rest out from there and I know that sounds like you know a bit airy-fairy but I think sometimes we get really overwhelmed with things that we want to do in life because there's so many steps to get where we want to be that it yeah. seems so far away and therefore what we do is we like we get something overwhelmed and we don't take any action at all yeah. and I always say to people 
what's your one next step? Like, I'm sure you can just think of like what the one next thing is that you have to do and your only job is to do that. And then once you've done that, take the one next step after that. And yeah, yeah, I just think life's too short to live a mediocre life and not do the things you want to do. Just go for it, follow what excites you and what brings you joy and the rest will just make sense from there. Fantastic, fantastic. And where can our listeners um, find you if they'd like to know more about your work? Where can people get the ceremonial grade cacao from Nourish Hub? And, um, you know, where can people book your um, in-person or online women's circles and find out about your um, menstrual cycle coaching as well? Yeah, thank you. I am mostly active on Instagram. I have two Instagram accounts just to make it more complicated, but um, one for most of my offerings, which is at nourish.hub.co. And then I have one specifically for my ceremonial grade cacao, uh, which is at Nourish Hub Cacao. And then also my website, which is www.nourishhub.com.au phenomenal phenomenal and is there anything else that i haven't asked you yet but you really have on your heart to share i don't think so i just think um people i really want to touch on what you said earlier about thinking about you two or three years ago and then thinking about offering things from that space and one of my greatest values like I said is embodiment and I think this is like the truest way that we can be embodied is thinking about what have I learned what have I experienced who was I two or three years ago because probably people that you're serving or that you're connecting with they're like mirrors right like everybody is a mirror so I find personally with my clients they're me like one or two years ago so I think showing up from that space of authenticity and from who we really are, unsubscribing from all of the marketing things, like we should be doing this, you should be doing it this way, just serve from the heart and serve from your embodiment of like your experiences in life. It's just the greatest um, impact you can have on the world is to be you. Wonderful. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me, Shan. It's been, it's been a real pleasure. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you got some things to take away from our amazing guests' insight. If you did enjoy this episode, please subscribe and also leave us a review. And for more information on the Hadassah Collective, you can visit our Instagram page at Hadassah Collective. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode at the same time next week. And until then, have a wonderful week.